When a scribe, a religion legal expert, asked Jesus what the greatest commandment of all is, and remember, there wasn't just the Ten Commandments to choose from, but over 600 commandments. When this scribe asked Jesus how to prioritize what the greatest of these commandments are, Jesus reminded him of the Shema, the Jewish prayer from Deuteronomy 6, which we heard read as part of this morning's Old Testament lesson. Hear, O Israel, listen, obey, O Israel, The Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And then Jesus adds, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The first and greatest commandment, the commandment that is the umbrella or the way to understand all the other commandments, is to love. We are to love with all of our heart. The Hebrew word for heart means the inner person, the mind, the will. And we're to love with all of our soul. The Hebrew word for soul means your life, yourself, your person, your desires, your passions, your appetites, your emotions. And we're to love with all of our might. There's not a very good English translation of the Hebrew word for might because the word literally translated means your muchness, your veriness, your abundancenessness. In other words, when it comes to loving God, neighbor, and self, you're to go all in. But it begs the question, doesn't it? How? How can we be commanded to love? How do we do that? The other commandments are at least a little more concrete. We have some sense, don't we, of what it means to not put other gods ahead of the Lord God, not to turn anything into an idol, not to take God's name in vain. At least we have some concrete understanding of what it means to obey the commandment to keep holy the Sabbath day and to honor our parents. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't lie. Pretty straightforward. But to love? How can I be commanded to love? Well, I think that part of the reason we have difficulty answering that question is that we've come to think of love primarily, and maybe even exclusively, as a feeling. And our popular culture tends to reinforce that notion of love, and so many of us have come to equate love with a certain way of feeling or not feeling. But again, biblically speaking, love is not so much an emotion or a feeling as it is a series of concrete actions. Biblically speaking, love is not a feeling or an emotion as it is a way of seeing. It's a lens through which we view the world. Love is 
a lens through which we view others and ourselves. And love is revealed. Love makes itself known in the everyday actions that we take. Which reminds me of one of my favorite stories. It's about a young woman who brings her fiancé to meet her parents for the very first time. And the dinner conversation between the four of them goes pretty well, but mostly it's just pleasantries. And so after dinner, the mother encourages her husband, the young woman's father, to try to find a bit of time with this young man to get to know him a little bit better. So the father invites the fiancé into his study for an after-dinner drink. They sit down, and the father says, So, what are your plans? The young man says, Well, I'm a poet and a scholar. The father says, A poet and a scholar. That's wonderful. But uh, what are you going to do to provide a home for my daughter to live in the way she's accustomed. Oh, I'll concentrate on my studies, sir, and God will provide. Well, how will you get an engagement ring? I'm going to concentrate on my poetry, sir, and God will provide. Children, says the father, how, how will you support children? God will provide, sir. And the conversation just goes like that. Each time the father asks a question, the young man insists that God will provide. So eventually the young couple leaves, the older couple's in the kitchen doing the dishes, cleaning up, and the mother says, so, how'd it go in there? What did you think of him? And the father says, well, the bad news is he has no job, he has no plans, he has no money. The good news is he thinks I'm God. And you know what? That joke aside, all joking aside, that young man is on to something. God is a God of love. God is love. But how do we know? We know because God's love is revealed. God's love is made known. One of the prayers we have during the Eucharistic prayers is we give thanks to you, O God, for the goodness and love you have made known to us. Now, many people think of God as mystery, as, as far off and as powerful. And those things are true about God. God is mysterious, God is transcendent, and God is immensely powerful. But at the same time, that mysterious, far off, powerful God is full of goodness and love. And that mysterious, far-off power chooses to make love known to us, chooses to provide for us. You may not be used to thinking of the Bible this way, but it really is the greatest love story ever written. From the creation story where God moves a formless, dark, void into light, sea, sky, vegetation, fish, fowl, wild animals, until the triumph of God's handiwork, human beings, to the call of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob stories, Genesis, to the call of Moses and the rescue of the people Israel 
through the Samuel and Solomon stories, through God's word spoken in the poetry of the Psalms and the Proverbs, as well as the pleadings of the prophets Isaiah and Amos and Hosea. Throughout all of that, God is making God's love known to us. Throughout all of that, God is providing. And above all, we believe that God's goodness and love is known when God's word, God's will, is made flesh. Jesus, God as human being. God made known to us in a, in a way that we can understand. And what's even more astonishing than all of that story told in the scriptures is that the story continues after the scriptures have completed, after the canon has closed. And that's because God's self-disclosure, God's revelation, God's goodness and love being made known to the world continues through the ministries of the church. In the worship ministries, in outreach, in social justice ministries, in Christian formation ministries, in pastoral care ministries, in fellowship times together, in the care of property, but especially in the countless ways that you and I live out our faith in our everyday lives, Monday through Saturday. In all those ways, God's goodness and love, the love story continues. God's goodness and love continues to make itself known. In all those ways, God does indeed provide. And in all those ways, God continues to empower. Empower you and me to obey the first and greatest commandment to love God back with our muchness, our veriness, to love God, to love our neighbors as ourselves with all that we have and all that we are. Amen.